Hello, GGR fans. Today I get to talk with Tobin Walker. He's one of my favorite people on the team. Junior X racer, coach, mentor, video editor, great Instagrammer, all around awesome Pacific Northwest racer. He did his first World Cup this year, and we watched him grow from super fast cat to all the way to snowshoe West Virginia. Super exciting. I think you're going to love what he has to say. None of this would be possible without our sponsors. Love to say thanks to March Northwest, Fox, Tony's Coffee, Transition Bicycle Company, the BICP, the Bike Instructor Certification Program. Become a coach, help grow the sport. Troy Lee Designs, Fanatic, Losco, Jank, One Up Components, DVO, Ride Wrap, Cush Core, Census, the Washington State Bicycle Association. Pike Real Estate and Brandon Nelson Partners, Cordata Dental, Derek Damon, ProLiance, the Pacific Rim Surgeons, we, and uh, Drew Medical. We keep all those guys employed here at the team. The Bike Ranch, thanks Steve, DeKine, Lomelander, Flo Shala, Coach Me Plus, Bank of the Pacific, and of course, Tyler over at Northwest Conversions. Boy, that's a long list, but it takes a lot to keep 80 kids on the trails, coached, and having fun. We appreciate everyone's support. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, GGR. Uh, Dave here again today. I'm talking with one of my favorite people in mountain biking, one of my favorite people on the team, Tobin Walker. Hi, Tobin. How's it going, Dave? <laughs> Good. Uh, well, Tobin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Uh, hey, guys. I'm Tobin Walker. A lot of you guys probably know me as the uh, the one GGR non-Bellingham local. Um, I'm, uh, I'm from Leavenworth, Washington. I've been riding bikes for pretty long time, pretty much uh, since I could walk. And uh, I joined GGR in uh, the... It was the winter of 2020. Winter of 2021. Early 2021. Late 2020. Um, and I've been coaching, riding for GGR for about a year now, going on year two. So yeah, stoked to be here, Dave. Uh, well, I'd actually say as far as GGR extended family goes at the Northwest cup, you used to ride with, uh, Wyatt Dixon a lot, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you're partly responsible for that going off. <laughs> I, I don't want to take the responsibility there, Dave, because I feel like he was, <laughs> he was getting pretty incredibly fast on his own. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take it if it's there. No, I no, I just appreciate it. So even uh, prior to the team, you're already part of that extended Northwest Cup family and taking care of the kids. I really appreciate that. Uh, what was your first bike that you had? Oh, man. Do you remember? Um, yeah, so my first bike was this pretty sweet uh, specialized hard rock blue. I've got a photo of it <laughs> at my grandma's house at Christmas, my first pedal bike. Um, and, uh, I was stoked and I'm, I, we don't have it today. I think it's still in the Leavenworth community somewhere, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, actually I was, that's a lie. I had a push bike before that, but I no training wheels straight to the pedals. And, uh, at this grandma's house right down the no, road? It was, it was the, my the other one, one unfortunately. Yeah. Because yep. we're lucky to have lucky to have her as a neighbor your mm-hmm. other grandmother's and uh as a neighbor uh what bike are you on now so you've grown off the specialized yeah i've grown rock. off the i've grown <laughs> off the uh 20 inch hard rock uh, quite a while ago actually um now i'm on a santa cruz v10 santa cruz high tower as well um 
and I'm loving it. It's, it's an absolute monster. Like it's, it's a bit too much bike for me at this point, to be honest, like I've kind of only scratched the surface of how fast it can go and, um, what it can hit. So I'm excited to test the limits, keep on seeing how fast it can go and how far it can go. What, what, uh, what's the setup on the bike? What components are on the Santa Cruz? Um, currently last year I had, um, complete SRAM X01 setup, uh, carbon wherever I can get it. Max's tires, <laughs> Max's tires, Fox suspension, um, and fully equipped with inserts, of course, Kushcore. What what tires? Um, it really it really depends, but uh, I kept coming back to the Asagai DHR combo because um, I felt like that had a ton of grip in the front, and then it also had just like so much speed from the DHR. Nice. Yeah. So okay, so Asagai front, DHR rear, and then pressure, and then did you notice? Did you have Kushcore in there from the start, or did, I did. you add it later? I've had Kushcore in there from the start, and it's I, I've ran bikes without Kushcore, and I, I don't think I'd go back. It's just like so much support in the corners, so much like I don't know. It's it's super cool, and I, I don't know. I'd say there's people out there that kind of doubt it, but I'd say there's the like the uh, the benefits of it outweigh the kind of learning curve of learning how to install it and all that. You find out all the other stuff wrong with your bike because oh, the, man. the sound For on the trail sure. is the first time you use it is different. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, yep. Like it's a, almost, you're like, what's going on mm-hmm. with this out? Yep. And did you notice anything hand wise or anything else? Like as far as like the feel of it, cause they, they'll tell you it's a suspension product. Which I agree. Oh yeah, I'd say um, it's a bit too subtle for me to uh, to notice because I uh, I kind of go, go slower like, like I do. run and gun. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like pretty constant vibrations. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a. Uh, I'd say there's definitely a difference. But I switched to Kush Course so long ago that it's like I've never really kind of doubted the uh, the effectiveness of it, and it's always just been like that's how you do it. Yeah, for me, well, this is this is more about you than me. The two big things I noticed, especially being heavier, mm-hmm. you know, 220 pounds, uh, dad bod, the whole gamut going there, is the two number one things that got rid of all arm pump or any or being able to ride all day into your 50s, cush core and having a good wedge from Shams. So I'd foot, say, yeah, that's foot, definitely true. Foot position and cush core took care of all that. All right, enough about that. Suspension, though. Suspension, um, I... I'm still a work in progress as far as my suspension goes, but, uh, yeah, I've ran Fox for pretty much as long as I can remember. And I'm hoping to continue to do so into, uh, into 2022. Um, but, uh, my, my settings really fluctuate. I'm still trying to find a good middle ground of progressiveness and floating kind of through the harder hits and not getting bogged down. Um, like floating through the small stuff and not getting bogged down in those deep holes. Um, so I got the chance to talk to actually Jordy Cortez oh, cool. at the World Cup that I went to. And <laughs> the first thing he, thing that he told me was that my stanchions were 10 mil too low, which uh, that's my bad. Um, so so that that definitely was a difference. What, what I had keyed to, off on that? What, tell oh, me more about that. that like uh, how did he, he just looked at it. He's like, oh, you're 10 mil. Yeah, literally. He looked at it and he's like, well, yeah, you're, uh, you're, you got to drop your stanchions by 10 mil. You're, uh, that could be a big problem with your bike. <laughs> so it helped. So I lift my stanch- stanches up and he also told me to, um, up pressure and down compression. 
because I was cranked all the way with compression with a bit lower pressure than I should have had. So I went up a few pounds in PSI and kept the compression low. And it just like, I mean, of course it rode higher because of the, uh, the stanchions. And then it also just like so much easier on the hands, but it still had that support in the mid range. It was so nice. And then did you take any, so you got a lot of good mental notes out of that. Just that one change. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what about other, what about other sponsors? Um, I mean, last year I had, um, my top four were, uh, Bell, Maxis, Cushcore, and Oakley. And I'm hoping to carry those guys into, uh, 2022 along with some other ones that I'm currently working on. Um, and, uh, yeah. Who who, what are you? So talk to me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, you can I'm, tell me it's I'm not working on leave this room until we press public. Yeah, so I'm I'm working on uh, I'm working on a few good ones right now. Um, a good few of them aren't super super solid, but one that I've put the uh, clothes on. Super stoked to be working with Santa Cruz for 2022. Nice. Um, finally finalized that connection because I've known a good few of those guys for a while now, and it's just super cool company with a ton of super cool people that work there. Um, and yeah, so I'm super stoked to be working with them. And then uh, I actually was able to pick up some uh, support from SRAM from a uh, from a PNW rep. So I'm super That's stoked awesome. about that. Yeah. Um, and then um, another one that I've got is North Shore Billet out of Whistler. So I was able to nice. contact them and I kind of just wanted kind of a smaller company on my side because they make all their stuff in-house yep. with their CNC machines and all that. And, uh, so yeah, I reached out to them. What are going to get from CNC billet? CNC billet. I'm getting a ton of small parts from them as well as chain rings. So I'll be getting my, um, I'll be getting my, all my drivetrain components minus chain rings from SRAM, just stocking stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, yeah, I'm getting small parts, chain rings, all that bling from, uh, from NS. Nice. Yeah. So SRAM actually, and uh, when we publish this, this, this should probably be, so SRAM is actually coming on board as a sponsor for our race series. No way. As well. Yeah. So you'll be, uh, uh, here, the lo- local races, the Groms will get to go down between that red mm-hmm. SRAM yeah, tape. Yeah. We'll have red SRAM race tape. Nice. Should look pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty, uh, stoked on that. Uh, back to your, uh, back to your first, not quite to your first bike, but as far as like progression and growing up goes, when are you going to change? your voicemail as as a gen x uh guy as a guy over 50 it's like a race dad bear trap because your voicemail has trapped me like 15 times and i know only people my age use voicemail in the first place mm-hmm. but is it going to change you're just going to leave it oh man um that's that's where the uh it's i'm kind of actually embarrassed to admit it but i forgot my voicemail password i didn't even know that, that was a thing um so yeah I, uh those who don't know the story you haven't haven't called me um i uh, i've got this voicemail that's been on my phone forever and i must have set when i was like 10 years old and I still had this super high prepubescent voice. Um, still and, uh, working, it's but it's still, still trapping. Oh my it's goodness. Still, I'm still, I'm still like Tobin. Can you hear me? Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, people, people call and I don't answer and they ask me if I've got a little brother or something because it's just such a high little voice. But yeah, no, I can't figure out the password. So I don't, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Um, sorry to disappoint. Well, if anybody, <laughs> if he, if you do call him, he answers, it's like he's answering the phone, but he's not really answering the phone. So you start talking and, uh, anyway, it's a good trap for race dads. So that's, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty funny. That'd be, um, videos. So I would say a lot of people have watched your videos. 
online. Tell me about some of your favorite MTV video projects. Oh, man. Um, I've so many. It's just been, especially working with GGR, it's been so cool to incorporate the team in my videos this year. Um, like, how about Palooza? Force um, hair. <laughs> played a starring role. In, in oh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I've, I've got so many, so many favorite ones. Actually, um, when we're filming this around Thanksgiving, I just had a relatively new one come out around Halloween that I'm incredibly stoked about. Um, we made a... Back in 2020, actually, me and my buddy Evan, we made a ghost photo shoot video where we both dressed up in like white sheets and <laughs> on our bikes and, uh, and went and <laughs> took some photos on the uh, on the uh, local trails. And so, seeing as I'm injured right now, I uh, got together a bigger crew, and uh, I was just the designated film guy. So we got a super sick video put together, and I posted it all over youtube instagram tiktok all that and it actually did incredibly well the uh instagram and tiktok combined with like repost has like three hundred fifty thousand views currently <laughs> it's like that's awesome i i was not expecting that at all it's like okay me and a few friends got together in like this little town in leavenworth and made a made a fun video on it did pretty well, well there's so a lot of stoked. experience there's a lot of experience behind those behind those uh videos but you've and you've had a couple you, a couple of your videos they're not mtv not MTB related videos, right? Yeah, I've, I've a few of my older videos. Yeah, I was I was kind of kind of merged into the whole MTB thing as I became more immersed in it. Now, didn't you go to a camp or something for video? That's right. Yeah, I uh, I was part of the Prodigy camp where we made some short films, and I've also been. Um, I think uh, experience that taught me a ton of my video skills was I was part of a film group that uh made a feature film documentary about the wenatchee valley and the native american stories that are associated with it and how they correlate with the landmarks around the valley and it was such a cool experience and i actually i just got a text from a friend who's like actually ali ward um i don't know if the people listening to this have heard of ali ward she's the one who crushed the cat three zero to 18 category in her first year um as a 12 year old and uh she, she's still she, she's still stiff arming us as far as a jersey goes i know i'm working on her i'm working on her it's all right. um, and yeah so she texted me and she's like dude i just saw a video with uh with your name on it in social studies so they're they're showing this uh this native american film that we made in the leavenworth social studies classes which is super cool it's just like that is awesome yeah that was by far like the end goal that we were going for so it was super cool well, all you entrepreneurs out here, the three things you got to do in business are design and build a quality product, give great customer service, and tell your story. And Tobin has learned how to tell stories from an early age, I would say, right? When you say you're telling a story every time you make a video? Yeah, I'd say that's that's definitely taught me pretty well how to like put together a storyline and really kind of try to immerse people in it as much as I can. So yeah, I'd say that's a good way of putting it. Well, and then and then speaking of that, you got great parental support, right? And oh you yeah. Could say that they are they're the number one sponsor, for and they're sure. also professional storytellers, right? <laughs> yeah, you could say that marketing runs in the family. Um, currently, both my parents are in marketing positions um, at work, so yeah, they're they're pretty good at telling the stories, and uh, I think I got a lot of that from them. And so your dad does it with Evergreen, right? Yep, he's the. Uh, marketing fundraising coordinator for evergreen mountain bike alliance and uh my mom's working for an adventure adventure company doing uh doing some marketing for them yeah and maybe this is a is see if i can ask this ask this question the right the right way you have a great relationship with your folks oh yeah and yeah. they're super supportive 
crazy supportive. I, I would not have gotten to like half of where I am without all their support. And yeah. And so is there, uh, maybe you could tell it from your side, what, what helped, what's, what's made that, what goes into that mix? Uh, what goes into the mix of just or, or like what 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 made that so successful? What 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 makes that relationship so successful? Like to me, it healthy. Like as a dad, oh, yeah. with younger mm-hmm. kids, I'm like, man, I hope this. That's a good. That's where I want to yep. wind up with my kid. I'd say um, is that they didn't really push me into mountain biking. Um, so basically, how I started. I'm gonna mark that down as a fail for myself right now. So <laughs> to, I'm mar- I, I'm I think Cass and Ellie will turn out pretty well. Um, <laughs> Like, I mean, I'd say it was our, like, just a mix of my parents, like, just being these crazy cool outdoor people anyway, and the place that we lived in, like, even if they didn't push me in as much as, like, they could have, and as much as, like, they were like, okay, we're going on a bike ride now, you're going to become a pro mountain bike racer, you're going to do all this stuff, I kind of, like, just fell into it anyway, because that's the place that we were in, and um, just seeing my parents, like, before I was born, both my parents were whitewater kayakers on the Tumwater, which is a tricking badass sport and like they were skiers and they still are and they're rock climbing and all that. And, uh, and so it's like just the, like my peer group being my parents and watching them like do all this super gnarly stuff. It was like just inspiring. And I think that played a huge part in me getting into this whole thing. And then just them just being incredibly supportive in my racing and my goals as a racer, um, has just like made all the difference as far as my progression in racing and as a rider they're really they're really giving people they're all they always seem like they're always in give mode yep. to me every time i'm around them and i've never i've i've never seen them in a bad mood oh I've, i know what happens i've seen them in a bad mood <laughs> when uh yeah we uh we're, we're currently all working remotely right now i'm in online school and my parents are both working working at home so they're i'd say they're not always happy but i'd say it's fine for us all to have bad well, days and it usually happens collectively um but yeah no they're such like i couldn't have asked for better parents to do what i want to do and turn out to the person that i did well on the on the team on the team side i'm, I'm happy to have uh all of our families are great but you know we just don't get the race where we get the whole family we're happy to have you guys speaking of which so ggr you know we're not the only game in town how'd you how'd you how'd you how'd you that's a heck of a commitment to head our way, but how did you how did you wind up heading our way? Oh man, the team? how did I end up heading your way? I think you like bribed me. No, <laughs> no uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, I, I think it was just like we've got we've got a team in town uh, that's cross country cross country oriented, which has been super fun to uh, go from being a rider to a coach. And uh, I think I just was I was really just looking for a big peer group of riders, a big group of people to not only to help with my skills, but to just like ride with, to like, just find a super cool group of people. And I think, I mean, we looked around, we looked at like, we looked at, sweet Lawrence, we looked at a few <laughs> other, yeah. we looked at a few other, a few other teams. Um, and I think to this just like fit the, I think personality the bill. wise, it's a Perfectly. good fit. With oh yeah. And, and it's Gabe just, and we, we made yeah. such a great decision because it's been such a fun group to be with. And I think I've progressed so much as a rider. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You, well, anyway, that's really good. I was it's cool. So last year we did the level one coach cert, mm-hmm. and any what did you pick up out of that? Anything? Oh yeah, no, it was such a cool experience to uh, to do that, and uh, it's been I've 
I haven't had any coaching jobs since then, but I've had like, I've totally used that to coach the kids on the team at races. Um, just with, the the few practices that I go to with GGR when I'm in town and it's just been just even for my own riding. Like I think as much as I learned about coaching other people, riding with Shams just makes you open your eyes to like how many mistakes you're making as a rider. <laughs> and like it's, uh, it's both like a frustrating experience and a crazy cool experience at the same time because like, Oh my God, I'm, am I seriously riding like this? Like, like I'd say, even if you don't ride with Shams, ride on flat pedals. If you ride clips for yep. like two days to three days to a week or something mm-hmm. like that it's crazy how much you'll start questioning your riding because like it like seriously opens your eyes to like, so that wedge that Sean's he's always talking about balance, 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 balance on the bike. Are you, you find that those flat, even when you're clipped in, is that translating into your being centered on the bike? 100%. And I'd say it's just like, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the biggest things that I'm still working on that I need to, uh, that I need to like, keep progressing at because uh it's like it it makes it seriously makes all the difference because i mean you think about it like a lot of crashes are over the bars or looping out in your back like if you're not balanced those can happen and uh i'd say it's 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 a huge part of uh mountain biking what's a like skill goal what's your uh what's your if there's one thing you could work on this upcoming season besides just the, the whole pack what would it be What's your goals? Uh, what's your goals when it comes to skills this next season? Oh man, I'd say the biggest thing that I've been working on for so long, ever since I first met and was coached by Shams, has been getting lower on the bike and working on that body position. Because one of my biggest, like, I, I don't want to say insecurities, but like my biggest, uh, I don't know, I'm it's tall guys super self critical. It's tall. It's seriously tall guys. But uh, yeah, I've, I'm just super super tall on the bike. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm super tall on the bike. Um, I tend to ride um, a little more straight-armed than I should, and so that's that's the biggest goal that I've definitely gotten better this year, um, and I'm hoping to continue on that as well as just, like, strength, building up my endurance and all that, yeah. We got significantly faster, and, like, I think at first, I think the, I think, I think one of the things, and I could be wrong, but you tell me, did bootleg help with that? Did bootleg help with the speed this year? Oh man, or? I think I think bootleg definitely played a part. Was, I, I think it really did. Um, um, it's just like those of you who ha- who don't know what bootleg is, it's a crazy preseason race out about half an hour from Las Vegas, and it's some of the gnarliest riding that you will ever do. It's it's crazy ridge lines with just razor rock like. And it's like, if you don't know how to ride a bike, when you're coming into bootleg, you will either learn incredibly fast or you'll go away in an ambulance. Like it's, oh my goodness. It is humbling and terrifying and it's, it's crazy. So you had some good results though, right? I did. Yeah. I, I went out to bootleg twice last year and I got, I think third in one race and first in the other and came away with a third for the, uh, DVO winter series. So I was super stoked about that just to like all that like stress and like, Oh my goodness, what is this place to, uh, to come up with a good result? But yeah, I think it, it definitely helped with, uh, with my riding this year. Just if not just for the skills, for the whole mental thing, like I'd say my mental, my mentality is a big part of the pre-race ritual. And I need to, uh, I definitely need to work on getting less in my head before races. Um, and I think bootleg definitely helped like, okay, I, I know how to ride this track. If this isn't bootleg, I can, I can do this. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it definitely helps. Yeah. I know. I noticed a big difference before and after bootleg series. 
uh, I just that it, it seemed like a giant progression. And then uh, going back earlier, how did you make the leap from cat besides just performance? And you made a video about it too, I think, uh, going from cat two to cat one. Yeah. So, um, all the way back. So I started in cat three. Um, I, and I went one year in cat three, one year in cat two, and then finally went up to cat one, which is a super, super cool change for me. Um, and that all kind of just happened. Like I, I qualified by getting, I think like the two top fives that you needed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up getting, I think third overall in cat two. And then I was, I was ready. I was stoked to get into cat one. Um, and yeah, so I started cat one in 2020. So I only got two races in my first year of cat one. And my first one was a Tamarack in Idaho. And that was such a cool race. Like, I don't think I'll ever forget that race. Cause it was, it was kind of a pro GRT as well. I don't know if it was actually considered a pro mm-hmm. GRT at that race, but there were the, like the competition was crazy there. Um, so yeah, it was, um, the biggest thing. So the biggest thing about cat one that was kind of, I won't, I don't want to say freak me out, but was the biggest surprise was seating. And it's just been so cool to be able to try out your speed and like get up to speed before the actual race. And then it just takes away a good bit of nerves after you've already done that seating run for the actual race day. But it, it was a huge change cat one as a whole. Um, and that first year, I think it, it took a lot of the pressure off because I knew that I was where I wanted to be. And then I just needed to focus on getting to the top of that category. And so that year in 2022, 2020, Jesus, 2020, I, uh, started and I got like a 27th on a, on a loner bike because my downhill bike hadn't got there. So it was a bit too small. It was on 27 fives, but it, it ripped. And, uh, yeah, I got 27th at that race. And then the second race that year at silver, I was able to speed it up and I got sixth. Nice. So I was stoked. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember that. That was such a cool race. I remember it was that. so yeah. cool. I remember seeing, yeah, that was a, that was a fun race. That was cool to see. So when you're training, uh, back up a little bit, or actually, you know what? Let's just keep going. So then eventually, so we'll lay it on top. We've put in all this hard work. Your parents are taking all these places. We wind up at the World Cup this year. Tell yeah, me about it. That was an insane experience. That I mean, you can't really can't really explain the World Cup without explaining kind of how it all happened. And how that happened was I was like we saw one of our fellow racers that got to Maribor um, earlier in the season and we had heard that all they had to do was just fill out the supplemental athlete form um, to do it. And I, I'd considered doing that, but I never, I hadn't kind of thought this year that I was going to, that I, I didn't really honestly think I had what it take, what it took. Um, and I got a text from Matt Shepard out of the blue and he's like, do you want to go to the snowshoe world cup? Well, tell everybody who Matt is. Yeah. So Matt's huge player in this team. He's, uh, he's Matt's he on my the board? twin brother. Yeah. He's Dave's <laughs> twin brother. He's, he's one of the, he's one of the big players on the team. Um, but yeah, so I got, I got a text from him and, uh, he's like, do you want to, you want to go to the snowshoe world cup? And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to do that. So he had me sign the form. Um, and I got a message back from them, from USA cycling about a few weeks later. And it was like, you and all these other people have been selected as the supplemental athletes to go to the snowshoe world cup. And that was insane. Like Shams had a big hand in that too. He did. Okay. Um, so yeah. So, and that was like a month before the world cup. So I was like, okay, game on. 
I'm just like crazy overwhelmed, <laughs> crazy, like kind of grab and go. Um, I came up to Bellingham for a little bit. I rode, I was on my downhill bike every day just to try and get my skills up to par for that. Cause, um, yeah. So, I mean, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, and GGR put on a super cool fundraiser to get me there. I don't think we would have gotten to that world cup without the support of everybody in that GoFundMe and just, just and the, the, everybody. And the, the broader, uh, Northwest cup, just the uh, Northwest family, cup family. The yeah. Northwest cup yeah, family it's, is all about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it was super cool for everybody to step up just to and Scott and Casey threw in 500 bucks yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It yeah. was super cool. Um, so yeah, next thing, next thing I knew I was standing at the top of the world cup track in uh, snowshoe, West Virginia. (laughs) So cool. It was like, it was like pinnacle moment of my life was pulling up. Like for those of you don't, who don't know the, uh, the pits of the mountain. So all the hotels and all that and the base area are at the top of the mountain. So (laughs) like literally coolest moment of my life was in the car driving and we just saw the world cup start on the side of the road like jumped out of the car and went and ran up to the start gate and just like looked down on the world cup track. It was so cool. It was literally a dream. Um, so awesome. So yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. And so we walked the track, I got on track the next day and it was super, super, super cool. Like it just, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It just like the track just works so well. Like you can tell when, when the track has been designed and like made for world cup racing, it's just, it's a step up from anything you've ever ridden. It's insane. And just the whole community there, like it's, it like, it really reminded me of the Northwest cup races actually, because you know, when you're at Northwest cup races, you see all your friends, you like one out of every three people in line, you recognize everybody knows everybody. Like, yeah. Okay. That's Cass. Okay. That's Wyatt. Okay. That's Dave. That's whoever. It was exactly the same at the World Cup, except it was like, okay, that's Ben Cathro. Okay, that's Greg Minar. Okay, that's Jackson Goldstone. Literally, it's crazy. That is yeah. nuts. So cool. And it was just like like such an insane experience. Just even if it didn't end like how you would want a World Cup to end, even if I did get injured. It's um, racing. It's racing. Like, it happens. It has happened to me before. It like is totally fine and i it just motivated me even if i didn't get a result there even if i wasn't able to race i am motivated to get back there and race even more next year well we were we were texting and chatting and Mm -hmm. stuff and you said you were getting up to pace though oh yeah it was so so that course was super 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 gnarly like easily the craziest race course i've ever ridden but weirdly it like made sense like it flowed decent so, yeah, I I had one day and two laps on the track, and I actually felt like I was making big steps in that day and a half, just because being around all those World Cup people who know exactly what they're doing and have like a ritual for getting for getting up to speed on a track, mm. it was like literally observational learning. Like I was like seeing like Matt Walker, like all of them, like stopping on different parts of the track. I was following um, other World Cup juniors into the big jumps on track. I was like, I was, I felt good. Like I was getting up to speed and unfortunately it was just a dumb mistake that took me out. Well, and speaking of, and how are you feeling now? 
I'm feeling great. It's, it's been a good recovery. Um, I've, I've definitely been here before as far as recovery goes. This is my fifth broken bone at 17. So not the most ideal circumstances, but, uh, but yeah, I'm doing good. It's, uh, it's actually weird. So I got surgery. If your medical record is nice and thick. That means you've lived a full life. That's true. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So the, the injury was actually crazy. So what happened was, uh, it was the bottom of the course. I'd gotten past all of the rocks, all of the big gaps, all of all that. And so at the very bottom of the course, there's just, it kind of dives back into the trees after a long sprint. And then you come a little corner into like a moto double. And that double is like 35 feet, which is pretty sizable. But at that speed, it's like, okay, just pull. It's fine. And so what happened was like, there are so many people freaking destroying the corner before it. Like, railing into this thing and so i just slid a little bit in the corner before it and didn't think i was going to make the double so i sucked it up and as far as i know i cased on the next roller and went like pretty far to the side of the trail and hit a tree with my hip um they wound up another girl got hurt pretty yeah, bad there uh, right? veronica woodman from Veronica Whitman. she, she yeah. broke her foot i believe so she might have gotten off a little easier and than me somebody but I, else got hurt and they wound up just blew it yeah, yeah and they and they had to put a they, and they finally put a pad there yep. after three ambulance rides right yep yeah so um yeah it was it was just kind of a dumb mistake but that i feel like that's how those sometimes happen and it's like it happened but now we got we're putting weight back on the leg. I'm um, I'm back to like 50 pounds on the leg. Um, started PT two days ago at the time of filming this. Um, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was actually pretty funny originally. So we we came back up the mountain. I was on a quad on a backboard. They drove me back up the mountain. I didn't want to take an ambulance because we're in America and I didn't want to have to pay for that. But <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the good news is, the good news is, the good news is it's domestic travel. Oh, the bad man. news is, yep. if you get hurt, you're bankrupt. Yep. So, <laughs> so yeah, we uh, luckily, luckily, insurance has covered a good bit of uh, of this injury. But we took a, uh, we just took the car oh, down, shit. and I remember like the most pain, more pain than the actual injury was one bump right by the start gate of the uh, <laughs> of the race course. So it was just this one bump in the road, and it was terrible. But I did end up having to take another ambulance ride. So we went to we went down did to you what go they, to Morgantown. Is that where you wound up going? Is that where the teaching hospital is? Yeah, yeah. So that we went there next. So we went to the what they call the veterinary clinic because it's like it's literally a double wide. Like it's it's like a very small hospital, like a half an hour down from snowshoe. Yeah. And they were telling me I was going to have to get a hip replacement right off the bat. So <laughs> I was kind of like, I was freaking out. I was like, I'm 17. I'm going to have to get this replaced again in 15 years. And like, yeah, no, it's so I was freaking out. Turns out didn't have to get a hip replacement. I took a three hour ambulance ride to Morgantown. So obviously the car ride from the mountain didn't help because we just had to yep. take a longer ambulance ride. So on my back in an ambulance for three hours, went to Morgantown, waited until the next day, got surgery. And then two days later, I was back at the bottom of the World Cup course watching finals. Nice. So I still got to watch the race. It's just not the greatest circumstances, but I still got so much out of that experience and healing is going great. It's And, and the doc's happy with the work they did at Morgantown, your local doc yep. happy with Yeah, that? it's I mean it's it's West Virginia medicine, so I don't know. I think if we might have gone to WWE or something, it may no, have been better. Morgan, Morgantown's top shelf. I know. I was surprised. Like 
it, they they had like a full trombatine on me when I came in off the ambulance, and the they put three screws in my hip, and it's uh it's doing good. It's like still displaced by like maybe a millimeter less than that, like like nothing. But um yeah, no, my doctor's happy with it. He's just in the Wenatchee Valley. The only people that break their hips are like over 70 so he's treating me like a 70 year old right now which is understandable it's it's a definitely it's it's a harsh injury and it's definitely smart to uh to be uh conservative with it so i'm just stoked to be back in pt and starting to put a little weight on it so yeah hoping Uh, for hoping for some shifting gears in the future shifting gears a little bit Mm -hmm. um when you're uh when you're traveling so so now you've got you've got some You've got quite a bit of travel that isn't in the van. You got any good uh, uh, travel tips when it comes? Did you get any good lessons learned for traveling with the bike at all? Oh, man. Um, I don't know if I've made enough mistakes traveling with uh, with flying to uh, to be a good source for that. But, uh, no, it, all, all our traveling actually went fairly smoothly. Like, we didn't lose any bags. Um, actually, wait, I did. There was one thing that I... I, I might have to come back to that because I, I, we did learn one thing. Oh, bring a pump. Like if you're, if you're going to be traveling with a bike bag, you're going to have your bike in a bike bag. It's going to take up a bit of space, but if you can fit a stand up bike pump, take a bike pump. Like we, well, I'm writing that down. Yeah. We didn't bring, we didn't bring a bike pump to snowshoe and it, it would have been easy to find one in the pits, but we're up in our hotel room getting the bike ready. And then I'm just like zipping down to practice. We don't want to have to go search through the pits for a bike pump. So we ended up having to buy one at the local bike shop and took it home with us, which is like, we could have saved a whole lot of hassle by just bringing our own. And it would have, I don't even think it would have put our bike bag overweight. So I'd say if you can fit it, even if you kind of can't bring a bike pump. I think, I think what we're, we need to do as a team is for racers that are going to whatever race they're going to go to, what we should do is get a Pelican case and make a flyaway box. And you open that box up and it's got, uh, you know, it's got everything you need in it for that weekend. And it weighs, you know, we have the weight dialed in, so it's like 50 pounds or whatever, and we spend 100 bucks or whatever, or whatever it is. It's got a return label in it, and that's the cost of doing business. You open the box up, you use it at the end of the weekend, you close it up, mm-hmm. and it and it comes back. So yeah. we, need to, we need to build a flyaway, uh, flyaway box. And I appreciate... Come on in. Folks are here. We're already done talking about you, Patrick, so... <laughs> okay. uh, so that's that's over with uh tips for coaching oh man or say, let's say you told me one of your favorite things to do is to chase groms at rate on race courses oh why don't you describe that's, that that's that's got to be one of the top favorite things to do at races um and i'd say i i am not in the driver's seat in this one like the groms just like sure you give them tips and all that but they're they're totally figuring stuff out on their own like it's as far as tips for doing it, just like keep them stoked. Like I've followed Groms down in race runs and in practice runs. And, um, I can think of one kid in particular, Caden, who, um, <laughs> I, I don't know how he was doing before. Um, but he, I, I know that when I was following him and after I was following him, like I only followed him for like one or two races, but I was like yelling at him to like get on the pedals and like i was i was keeping it fun but like when you get him stoked on racing it's like it i'd say it makes a world of difference 
Yeah, and there's a bit of a the Hawthorne effect, right? Just the the fact that you care makes them uh, go faster. Mm-hmm. It's like having that little support hand, that mental mental hand on your shoulder pushes them harder, and then and it raises their stoke level, and they love it, right? They want to perform, yeah, for you, yeah. right? They like they quit worrying about the race, and they're more like, uh, yeah, that's awesome. What yeah. about what about getting uh, in particular a little for, close to home for me about taking Cass on his laps with uh, at Nationals. Oh, Park. that was so cool. Yeah, and it's, I'd say, even with that, like, especially with uh, with Nationals and bigger races like that is just keeping it fun. Like, it's it's all about, like, sure, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the lines. I'm going to give them, like, everything I see, like, take this line instead of that line. Um, but it's it's all about encouraging them and, like, making sure that they are, having fun over anything else um because i i know for me like in the last race of 2020 um the last northwest cup of 2021 um i didn't have a whole lot of pressure for whatever reason i think it was just because i was having a ton of fun on course and that was my best result of the season so i think that's that's the biggest thing is just really making sure that they're enjoying what they're doing um and yeah that's that's kind of what i go by as far as coaching i think that's it I think that's the tip. Mm-hmm. I notice if you watch video of Tobin following the kids, you'll, he hardly says anything other than good job, nice. It's almost completely praise-based and stoke-based. Unless they start dropping me, then I get kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> or you start popping manuals. Yeah. Well, I think, that's a great, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Awesome. So well, great talking with to you, that Dave. tip and the positivity of it. Thanks. I'm glad you're healing up, and I'll see you next time. Yeah. Sweet. Now, the funny thing is, cool. is if this doesn't work, we're going to have to do it all.